Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Mind the Health Cap. Mm-hmm. Today we're joined by Brittany, who's a second year KCL Global Health student. That's right. Whoa. Welcome. We've been trying to get you on for like a good two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Good three weeks. Okay. Okay. So great to have you. Literally, how yeah. ironic! I got ill. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were meant to record this. Yeah, day. I mean, we let we let our viewers know. Mm-hmm. You, I said viewers. Who am I? Um, <laughs> listeners. Okay. The fans. Yeah. The, the fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we let them know, and like a lot of people were really sweet, and, like we oh. wish her well and stuff. Yeah, we actually mm. have a following. Guys, so. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm scared. Yeah, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Everyone's super sweet and okay. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So Beauty's gonna outline uh, today's oh, yeah. episode. Thanks for having. I'm totally not even following <laughs> my <laughs> my own script. Um, yeah. So basically, guys, this week is we're kind of talking about sickle cell and like blood exchange, blood donation, transfusion, that kind of thing. So like we, we split this episode into two parts. The first part is really trying to get Brittany's lived experience of it because like we've given you guys a lot of theory, medical background now it's like the real stuff because as we know sometimes like theory theory just stays in the book it's so much more different when you're mm-hmm. actually experiencing it right Brittany? Mm-hmm. Well, she's just drinking <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me yeah don't mind her um yeah so yeah that's the first kind of the first part mohammed's gonna ask you about that mm-hmm. and i might just jump in Go with ahead, more stuff guys. and then Bye. the second part we're just going to talk about blood um is it blood transfusion or exchange? Blood exchange. Well, blood exchange. I mean, some people do have blood transfusions. Oh, but there's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know the difference now? Even, or mm-hmm, should I have it? Yes. We'll, we'll come, into, we'll, okay, we'll come okay. into it. In the second part. <laughs> Jumping. Into the second part. <laughs> Every time. We'll come, I do not know that. See, yeah. This is what I mean. Most people don't know, to be honest. This I have to I mean. correct people all the time. They're like, oh, you had your transfusion. I'm like, like, no, exchange, actually. <laughs> this is why you need to, someone that's got exactly. lived experiences. Because you're, you're, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Mohammed, off you go. Yeah. So how you been? Like, how's your week? How's your? How's your month? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Even my goodness, that's a long story time. Okay, I don't think we have time for that that today. It's been very interesting. Okay. Um, Year-wise, compared to other years with sickle cell, it's not been as bad. Because mm. there's been years where I've been admitted like 14 times in one year. Oh 14? Yeah, oh. and then I've been in hospital every single month at least for like a week out of every month. Um, this year, I haven't been admitted at all because I've been Wait. having the blood exchanges yeah. every month. So um, I still have like a week out of every month where I'm not very well. Mm. But compared to how it was before... It's a lot better. I'm so, really happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not too bad compared to how I have been, I must say. Mm, yeah, mm. so there's that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been quite open about your um, condition. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your actual experiences in terms of like how your day-to-day, everyday experiences of sickle cell and what it means? Because <coughs> many people have come across sickle cell uh, mm-hmm. disease, but not many people have come across people mm-hmm. who've got the actual yeah, condition yeah. yeah there's see i want to be careful of not speaking for everyone, everyone. that has oh, sickle cell that's, because yeah. it's so different mm. and i've had people like kind of doubt whether i'm being truthful or not because they know someone who has sickle cell and they're not that sick oh. so mm. obviously you must be lying. <laughs> so yeah i just want to say this is not everyone this is just me yeah and even with my experience it varies from year to year it's very different so 
day to day now with having blood exchanges. Um, so let's go from like, let's say a whole month. Yeah. So let's say I've had my blood exchange. In fact, let's go with this month. I had it on Monday. Mm-hmm. So on Monday, um, it pretty much lasts like five, five-ish hours. Um, and then traveling Five to hours. and from. Yeah, yeah. So if I go in at one or two, mm. I'll be there until like six-ish. Um, and then I'll go home. I'll be very tired because what it does is removes most of your blood. Yeah. Um, your red blood cells and gives you like a donor's red blood cells. Mm. So that the sickled cells can't really damage your body. So it also removes like a protein. Forgive me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it removes a protein, I believe, that carries um, oxygen. Yeah. So your body has to rebuild that protein. So it takes a couple of days to rebuild, Mm. um, which is why like I'm super tired after I get the new blood. Okay. So I had it on Monday. It took me until about yesterday to recover from it. So then after that, I'm good for like two and a half weeks, mm. maybe three weeks if mm. I'm lucky. Then after that, the the symptoms can't start coming back. So I'll be super super tired to the point like I can't I can't function. Um, I will be probably in quite a bit of pain. Yeah, it's more controllable pain because obviously I don't have as much tickled blood yeah. in my system, system yeah. but pain nonetheless. Um, and I'll also most likely be a bit more vulnerable to getting infections. Mm. So typically, during the last part of the month, I just try and stay home, mm. rest, sleep, and try and just stay out of the hospital until the next exchange. Yeah, so that is like day to day, or month to month. Oh wow! What happened? Oh, Can I just wow. ask? Sorry, mm-hmm. when you have these blood exchange for five, yeah. So you're what literally you it's like literally a ward. So I'm also very lucky that I have access to um UCLH hospital. Yeah. They've got a really good like it's the largest one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So they have automated um exchange machines. Mm. So they actually do it pretty quick compared mm. to others. Other ones, yeah. So I literally book my appointment the month before, go in either at nine or at two mm. and if it's the morning shift then I'm there from nine till two. Or if it's the evening, and I'll be there from like two to six or two to seven, and you literally just lie in the bed. It looks like a hospital ward. You're just in the bed the whole time. Probably will fall asleep. Um, you have a tube in each arm. Mm. Comes out one end, goes in the machine, goes back in the other. Yeah. And then yeah, when you leave, you've got to drive back home or get the train back home, which is not fun. Mm. But yeah, we spoke about this here. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, do it all again, really. And I think we spoke about this in the first episode. There's certain triggers that that you would realize that you yeah. find out that you may you may be having an episode. Yeah. Mm. And like, how do you how how do you basically so, identify that? Yeah, yeah, I should have mentioned that with the day to day stuff. But so, let's just quick summary. So cold weather. It's winter time right now. Guys, <laughs> it's my favorite time of year. Um, cold weather. It kind of causes your vessels to like vasoconstrict, and obviously there's more mm. like infections and stuff going around in the winter. So that's a big trigger is the cold weather because you clot more easily when it's cold. Yeah. Um, what else is there? There's if you're dehydrated because your blood gets really really thick mm. and it will clot again more easily. Mm. So you have to stay hydrated. What else is there? Super hot weather actually isn't good either because mm. it dehydrates you mm. and then yeah. What else is there? Stress. Stress, Stress as well. Yeah, Mate. so... <laughs> Never really expected that. Mate, we're literally just talking about uni. Oh my goodness, yeah. 
I think my health actually started to get really bad when I started to go through A-levels and it's just gone downhill since then. <laughs> to be honest with you, like, worst time. yeah, after like, GCSEs, the stress got real. Yeah. Um, and it's really not good for people with sickle cell. It's like an instant. If I yeah, find myself I in, a sh- if someone screams at me too loud, it will send me into a crisis. No way. Like, oh. honestly, I can't argue with people because it will, it will put me in a crisis. Like even like thing. again, wow. we spoke about the psychosocial I was about to say effects. effects. Even yeah. most simplest arguments could actually yeah, induce. Like genuinely, so that, uh, it's not like a coincidence that. Well, I feel like anyway, the people with sickle cell that I've met tend to be very like chill, yeah. very relaxed. We we have to be. <laughs> oh. We can't. One of them ones like yeah, can't be doing that. No. <laughs> Like my mum, for example, she's very type A, very like on things, very, she can be quite aggressive. Yeah. Like she's a scary Jamaican lady yeah. and she has sickle cell. Doesn't really go hand in hand. Right. She stresses herself out quite right. a lot. So I just try and avoid that. Wait, 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 wait. So mm-hmm. your mom has sickle cell? She has well. sickle cell also. What is so that? So is your dad a carrier as well? Carrier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She How? actually had no idea that she even had sickle cell until I was born when she was 30 years old. Oh my God. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> What, how okay and do you have any other siblings that what, have, that have it? no i'm the only one okay Which and is insane because there's a lot of us yeah. oh okay but yeah i'm the only one i was gonna say like how how do you manage it then because i, I was gonna really ask about a how it affects like your relationship so it could be just mm-hmm. friends family oh. or boys uh, <laughs> those things <laughs> those things <laughs> those but like things. how does like do people actually get it like because sometimes, you know, you have friends sometimes and you're like, oh, I can't go out because mm-hmm. I'm doing my side mm-hmm. and they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. You'll have a legitimate reason. Like, so <laughs> what I will say mm. is that from like, as long as I can remember, sickle cell has been a blessing in that it has allowed me to see who my real friends are very quickly. Yeah. So let's say the start of uni, let's say I made all of these new friends, whatever. I'll get sick the month after. I'll be in hospital. Yeah. Immediately, I can see, okay, well, who comes to see me in hospital? Who, who checks on me? Okay, who's here for me? Okay, who's not? Yeah. Then I know, okay, you know, who to put in what category type mm. thing. So that's been one thing. Um, when it comes to, like, commitments and stuff, I really hate saying no, um, which I'm, I'm working on currently. Because <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's And she's tired, thing. guys. <laughs> Very tired. <laughs> um, but, yeah, people... They do find it hard to understand. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, but I can judge from people's reactions whether that's someone that I want to keep around me or, or not. not. Yeah. So typically, people that have had really like um, just non like sympathetic reactions, they're just not people that I keep mm. in my circle really mm. because I'm not like that with other people. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's with friendships. Relationships is like a whole other boy (laughs) (laughs) i think the older you get as well the 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 more serious it gets so as a younger person it didn't really affect me that much like i would tell people i didn't really see it as a big deal Mm. mention it and boys wouldn't really see it as a big deal either because i don't think they really understand what it is yeah what it is is the magnitude exactly No so, or they know someone who knew someone with sickle cell and yeah. they're fine and it's one of them ones like, oh yeah no my, my yeah. cousin yeah, yeah exactly so um i mm, i think it's definitely affected some of my relationships with guys negatively in that wow. I, I kind of 
So I've just come out of like a long-term relationship and I think... Oh my God, what? Oh, that's a long story. Oh, honey, I need the tea. (laughs) Yeah, Um, But definitely, it just, it really shows you someone's true character. Okay. Really does. Um, You see when people are not understanding Mm. um, or when people start to blame you for certain things or like... There's a lot, it gets very complicated, but it definitely is like an extra added. Don't get me wrong, it doesn't like ruin things, I wouldn't say, but it's an extra thing to think about. Mm. It's an extra thing that means it's not as simple as other people's situations yeah. might be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. do you think there's a stigma around it? Or have you ever felt. Um, like, have you ever felt like, actually, I'm not going to tell anyone? Because do you know like, what? It's funny that you said that you think I'm quite open, because I don't think I am. And yeah, no, that's, like, that's the thing. Before you came in, I was like, um, I'm have a look. Like, I don't know if I should ask her this. Should I ask her this? I don't know. <laughs> if she's a, and he was like, no, she's really open about yeah, it. I, I, I think in relative when, to certain people, yeah. that's, what, that's the when important say, thing. When you say open, as in, if you know I have it, I'm very open about mm. it. But yeah. if you don't know I have it, chances are I'm not going to tell you right. that I have it. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I mean, you don't have to, but why? I don't really... I didn't notice that I did that mm. until quite recently. And I was like, oh, I don't really like to talk about it like on social media or... I don't know. I think that a lot of the times if people know what it is, or even if they don't, <clears throat> sorry, and they kind of just see it as like some random disease, they kind of see you as someone to be pitied. Okay. And I don't like that. Yeah, but, but, I don't oh, like that at all. Like, I'm, very, yeah. I'm a very independent person. Yeah. Like, I do what I have to do regardless. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't mention it if I don't have to. If I don't have to, then it is what it is. I don't really mind. Yeah. Mm. Um, and once people know that I have sickle cell, I will happily answer questions from now <laughs> until the end of time. Yeah. But I try not to if I don't have to just because I want to avoid... That whole the longness, oh, yeah. Oh, poor, 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 poor. Oh, mm. poor. Oh, <laughs> I you guys could see what she's doing. <laughs> I'm done. Um, no, okay. Yeah. But I asked, I mean, you didn't answer my question. Sorry, um, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. No, you got to the point. But, like, since your mum has six, I mean, mm. I know your dad's there as well, but, like, familial support, what is that like? Because you have a family, one has sickle trait, mm-hmm. one has sickle cell, mm-hmm. you have sickle cell, and then mm-hmm. your other siblings. How, yeah. how does that work? So I'm Jamaican, so my family's Proper. very, uh, <laughs> a bit all over the place. Yeah. So I've got my dad's side. My dad actually passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. Oh but he yeah. lived in Jamaica, so I wasn't used to being around him on a daily basis mm-hmm. anyway. It's still difficult, obviously. Yeah. Um, so he has seven children, of which I'm the youngest. Um, so I have six older siblings. Yeah. None of them have sickle cell though, so I'm the only one. Yeah. And then on my mum's side, I have two younger sisters, and they don't have sickle cell at all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's literally just me. Um, it didn't affect my dad because he only had the trait. The trait yeah. And then with my mum, it affects her a lot. I must say. Yeah. So do you have like a similar experience to your mum? Yeah. What do you say? It's actually quite different. Like similar triggers, but. Similar triggers, um, but I'm very, I'm way more volatile, let's right, say, okay. um, because we've got two different types. So okay. Okay. there's SS, yeah. which is like the kind of, I don't want to say the most severe, but it's typically like... Where most of the cells are, most of the... Um, oh, sickle shaped, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then you have SC, um, which is 
let's say like on a scale of naught to ten, let's say SS is a ten, let's say SC is like an eight or nine. Okay. Again, not everyone okay. fits into this yeah. category. No, I get it. You're like just trying to simplify it, yeah. So um, with my mum, she does not have as many pain crises as I do. So mm. when the blood clots and you have the pain, she doesn't have that as often as I do. Um, and uh, a lot of the complications that I may deal with, she may not and mm. vice versa. So mm. with her type, the things that happen typically tend to be like um, loss of bone. So like she okay. had a vascular necrosis of her hips. Yeah. Um, it can happen to your knees as well. Or your I think your elbows, I might be wrong about that one. But um, basically when she was like, I think she was about 14, she had both of her hips replaced because yeah. they were literally just crumbling. Just crumb, yeah. And uh, her eyes, she's partially blind in one of her eyes yeah. as well because um, the blood clotted in her eye oh. and ripped at her retina. So she can't really see from one of her eyes. So that's something I wouldn't have to deal with okay. having SS. Okay. So it affects us in different ways. I'm more so, I have a lot of pain, a lot of infections, mm. that kind of thing. And also one thing that people with SS deal with is like clotting. SC yeah. deal with it as well, just yeah. so you think as much. So I had two pulmonary embolisms, which are like, you know, clots in, yeah, your, lung. in your lungs. I had two of those in my first year of uni which is why I had to take like an extra year out just after that. Um, and I was in, you know, the IC unit for quite a while. Yeah. And yeah, that got quite serious. So both of us having sickle cell, it affects us differently, yeah. but it's still very difficult because I, when she's ill, I need to look after her when, when I'm you're ill. She's, she's like, oh my God. There's been times where she's been admitted to hospital. I was going to say, and when I've you're both ill. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, I have to suck it up yeah. and look <sighs> after her and my little sisters. Like, it gets tough, I must say, because it's like a single parent household. And, and you just yeah. kind of really have no I just find it mad that she found out when she was 30. 30. Mohammed, yeah. 30. She had no idea. She had been ill all her life, to get me wrong. But she grew up in Jamaica, okay. very poor. Yeah. Um, her, some of her other siblings had it, but they had no idea. Her mum never had money to take her to a hospital and get diagnosed. Even. Mm. So it wasn't until she was pregnant, obviously you have to give birth in a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. And they tested and they were like, okay, hey, well, your child has um, no. <laughs> a blood disease. Mm. You probably have it too. Um, and yeah, so it made a lot of sense when she found out that she had it, but she had no idea. And then for her to survive 30 years with no treatment is a bit of a miracle. Do you know how mad that is? Oh. I've never heard another story like that, really. Yeah. Oh. No, it's crazy. It is. And then just that nicely moves us to, like, what is your experience with the uh, medical services? So, like, the NHS. Yeah. Hi, Rome. And mm. I'm about to say, Rome's like, eyes. we have time. <laughs> yeah. Like, how have they accommodated mm, to you? Because you're constantly not, there or not, not exactly. Don't, don't filter yourself. Oh, Go I on. I won't. Okay, I won't. <laughs> don't filter yourself. Goodness, Go on. The experiences that I have had with the NHS, let me tell you, sisters, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've been over decades. So let me describe to you like a typical admission. Mm. This is like something normal where nothing, you know, life-threatening happens. Yeah. So call the ambulance when I'm in pain they come they typically will give me um gas and air mm -hmm. put me in the ambulance send me to the hospital yeah I'll be in A&E for a while I'll be assessed they'll admit me start me on fluids start me on something called a PCA which okay. is um patient controlled analgesics mm -hmm. like a machine you press a button every pain, five minutes right. and it gives you morphine or yeah. oxycodone or whatever um, and I'll typically just have the fluids and the pain medication and whatever else until the pain goes, then I'll leave the hospital. So, 
it sounds quite simple, yeah. you know, shouldn't be that complicated. However, you know, the fact that I'm black and people sickle cell typically are black yep. or Asian, there's a lot of racism that okay. comes into it. Yes. Um, and yeah, I've had some horrific, horrific experiences to the point where I would rather suffer at home now with the pain rather than go, even if I know this could be dangerous if you don't go in. I will still avoid it. Oh. That sounds bleak. When you say racism, mm. is it just in the way they treat you or just not believing you? Oh, give us a story okay, time. <laughs> so the last admission that I had was last year in February. Now I was in hospital for three weeks, yeah. which is quite abnormal for me. Yeah. It, it was unnecessary. Mm. Um, I was admitted with just a regular pain crisis. Um, and, you know, I was in a room the hospital near me now has a hematology ward Mm -hmm. which is it made the experience a lot better Mm. um but i when i was ready to almost come out it was a friday i asked them to take down the iv pain meds and put me on oral medication to you know get me ready to leave um so they do that now and they say you know if the pain comes back just let us know and we'll put it back Yeah. yeah so gets to the friday evening and i'm like okay the pain is it's gone from like a three out of ten to like a nine Oh, God. So they know me very well at the hospital, so usually they would just get the doctor on call to re-prescribe the medications. So um, I had a doctor come in and basically accused me of being addicted that Did was, we not say yeah. this? To, oh my if God. you remember from our first episode... And Hani's one as the well. Whole, yeah. Exactly. There's oh, a whole yeah. misconception towards that how black people... Seeking drugs. drugs. Are you mm. mad? actually at the time was that doctor didn't even accuse me of being addicted to the pain medication she accused me of being addicted to my anti-emetic like my um anti-sickness medication which is so brilliant to me that is, <laughs> that is quite bizarre yeah so not the pain that makes me feel a bit you know but so, right so the doc i try and you know be sympathetic with people but that doctor she was a junior doctor she was like it's my senior that told me to ask you that question i'm so sorry and i explained to her why that's such a charged question a hundred percent you know i know people who have died from you know, going to A and E and not being believed because they're because black. of the pain yeah, threshold. Yeah. Exactly that too. So that's some bullshit. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was so good with not swearing. Bull stuff. Is what she meant to say. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so the following day, keep in mind, I'm still suffering with the pain. I'm being given no pain medication. So I'm thinking, okay, a hematologist is going to come in today. It will be fine. She comes in in the morning and um, she literally walks in. She's really, really aggressive with how she approaches me at first. Um, and she immediately essentially says to me, I don't believe that this is sickle cell pain. There's no way that you can have sickle cell pain because I did your blood test yesterday and your blood show that there's not enough. Um, what did she say? I think she said the sickle cell percentage, because I've just had an exchange, yeah. is quite low. So I don't understand how you could be having sickle cell pain. So I'm not going to give you the uh, medication. And she got angry really quick, really aggressive, really quickly. I had to call my mum, because at this point, I've been in hospital for two and a half yeah. weeks. I was weak. So I called my mum to, like, sort you know, it, yeah. to just speak to her. My mum was in shock with how the doctor was treating you. She was just screaming down the phone, like not my mum, the, the, the doctor. doctor. It was the Can I ask, was she? She was not Caucasian. She was actually an Indian doctor. She was an Indian doctor. Oh. And yeah, so it ended up getting really like 
she was much getting bigger. quite kind of violent. They had to like remove her from from the ward, and she ended violent up, with you. With you, she didn't touch me, but I feel like she Aggress- would have. Oh God, no! Um, and my mum, because my mum was, was down quite... the road, and my yeah. mum come in, and it just got very. <laughs> I've never seen something so odd in my no, life yeah. from a doctor, a hematologist. So, so on top of the pain you've been, you were dealing with, I dealt with the situation. Exactly. So. Um, she ended up writing in my notes to not give me any medication, any pain medication, right? So that was a Saturday morning. So I've been in pain from Friday. She's not put that in my notes and it's a weekend. So she's the doctor on the call. The turnover, oh. yeah. The whole weekend. So until Monday, no You're one can overwrite pain. that oh, decision. No. So that I, is pure incompetence. And I, racist. Yeah. I literally told her, I was like, you're being very racist right now, telling your doctors, your junior doctors, to ask every patient with sickle cell if they're addicted to their drugs. And she admitted that that's what she does. I was like, look of shock in my face right now. Yeah, I just <laughs> guys, know. we're all just we're like... We're all shocked because I just genuinely you hear these stories, but actually hearing it from someone... who's experienced it. Oh. Yeah, and I had, I'd, I was just like you guys, I'd only heard about this happening before this so to see it happen to me i was in shock so it got to the monday now I, I, by the time it got to monday i my body was drained like imagine being in labor intensity pain for like three four days with no treatment it can do some things not only physically but mentally oh like i had ptsd God. for a while i was that. literally gonna ask you like how are you so resilient in your mental health um, sometimes i'm not to be yeah. honest with you like after that experience i was traumatized like i'm currently in therapy to deal with some of the things that the nhs has done so that was only one experience last year i've had experiences before that where they've overdosed me on morphine oh (laughs) and i've gone unconscious and they've literally had to do an emergency call and inject me with like an antidote um to kind of bring me back into consciousness that's happened two times and that why did they why did they overdose you incompetence simple And the doctors cover each other. So when you complain, they lie. Yeah. They'll lie on your records. Like, they just pretend it, it didn't happen because obviously that's quite a big thing to do. 100%. Yeah. Um, and after the first overdose, because it was so traumatic, I started having panic attacks after. And that triggered my whole anxiety journey f- just from that one hospital admission. So, yeah, the NHS, <laughs> when it comes to sickle cell, is not, not great. Not mm. great at all. Um, I must say the staff at UCLH amazing yeah amazing yeah like i would be so happy if that was the nearest hospital yeah, to, to you but it's not so yes and do you think is, that that's that do you think this is because the disease uh, the disease the disorder sorry affects uh mostly black caribbean yeah. people of descent yeah um that's a big part of it is the racism side of things there's this whole war on opioids right now oh yeah, oh, yeah. and that's what sickle cell patients need to control the pain so people that don't understand the illness just see a black person come in they automatically think something negative Druggy. and yeah. they're addicted to drugs <laughs> which is insane because i'm sure anyone with sickle cell listening right now can tell you they make you feel horrid yeah. those drugs are so strong they make you nauseous they make you itch they make you tired like the last thing you want to do is take them for fun yeah but that's how they see it so that's one thing another is just funding I've seen it go from bad to worse Worse, Um, my mum used to be able to leave me in the hospital as a child and Mm. be comfortable knowing they're going to look after her and everything will be fine 
as the funding has reduced, it's not safe anymore. It's not safe at all. Um, I went into hospital, in fact, in fact, yeah, last week or was it the week I think before? the week before. Yeah, when I was went to mm. come and film and I was in hospital and I saw the hectic, like, it was the most hectic thing I'd ever seen. It was, in fact, scary because yeah. I was thinking, like, I've got my mum here to, like, stand up for me. Um, and I don't have to be here for very long this time, but there's other patients here who are oh, no really yeah. suffering alone and people will, like, fall through the cracks and die. Yeah. Because at one point I needed a commode just to pee. Mm. <laughs> I stood there for a good 10 minutes trying to make eye contact with a nurse at HCA. But it was a doctor. just too... No one wanted to because they had a million other things no. to do already. Oh, my God. So I'm like, I feel bad that I have to deal with it and so do other patients but then I feel bad that those doctors and nurses are, are suffering yeah, like that because yeah. they're human too at the end of the day and they really just don't have the resources to look after people in like a safe way yeah at all it's not safe anymore Jesus that is uh, yeah we are as shocked as <laughs> like I'm just sitting here like whoa yeah. I read about this stuff but girl and this is just like a summary I'm giving you guys yeah. like there's more details to some of the stuff that's happened in hospitals like have you seen that picture floating around on the internet of the little boy in um, A&E and he's on the on floor. the floor yeah yeah I literally guessed the story behind the picture and I later found out what I guess was true yeah that he'd been taken to A&E been waiting for five hours yeah and was just left there because they have no, like no funding. There's no beds. There's no there's no beds. There's no staff. Like they just they're in in over their heads. To be honest. And what do you think could improve this? Like, yeah. do you think Money. funding <laughs> in terms of do you think Money in education? Okay, I was about to say yeah. yeah. There's there needs to be way more education. And I know that I I think it was a couple of years ago there was a a pot of money given to um to sickle cell. It was nowhere near enough. But it was something. Um, but there needs to be more education on racial bias, just in general, because it's not just people with sickle cell that, you know, are doing it's it. It's a universal racist, thing. Yeah. And people quite, it's just a lot of people thing experience in medicine, that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Racial bias. Um, and then also, yeah, money, because you can have the education and know what to do. But if you don't have the, the nurses to actually go out and do it, or the doctors to go out and do it, yeah, then, you know, you're kind of... Thing. You're out of luck in that, yeah. aren't you? Like, but yeah, until um, more money is given to the NHS, it's not going to get any better mm. at all. And also, do you think the health sorry to interrupt? Do you think the health professionals are trained enough so, like, those are they go through like rigorous training so that they can actually meet your needs and uh, actually understand instead of just a generic approach yeah. to healthcare. Um, some are, but nowadays a lot are not. And I think the younger doctors, the more junior doctors, they're just thrown in at the deep end. Yeah. I have people asking me, how long have you had sickle cell for? Oh, damn. All the time. Doctors. Okay. So I'm looking at them like, oh, what? Clearly, is... you're not ready to be. No. You're lying. Like, you're they're actually asking. The oh, my God. That's like the telltale sign for me. I'm like, okay, this is not going to be, gonna be long. Today's going to be a bad <laughs> Today's day. It's going to be long. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a bad, uh, a oh bad situation. But yeah. We knew it was not, bad, but we never knew it was oh, that bad. bad. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They, a lot, when it comes to sickle cell, they don't, because we're a minority in this country, they don't, um, they don't prioritise it. And a lot of, unless you're, you've seen, your doctor who's seen sickle cell patients, you're not likely to have, um, to have dealt with it 
to be honest. So a lot of them That's are cool. I mean, we had a medic last week mm-hmm. in our, and she said she's she's because she's um placed in lambeth mm-hmm. and there's a high like afro yes exactly Caribbean. Caribbean. yeah yeah so she when she I... has been seen cases of sickle mm-hmm. but i can imagine if someone's in like rural parts where, which is where i live that so. Fam. <laughs> so when i'm in a london hospital way better they typically know yeah what, what sickle cell is they see the patients all the time yeah in somewhere like st albans places like in Hertfordshire, they are used to Caucasians, the Caucasity, <laughs> and they have no idea <laughs> what sickle cell is. And you can't blame them. Yeah. That's just they don't they deal with it. That's, exactly. it. that's what it is, right. yeah. They read about it one time in medical school and that was about it. <laughs> and they forgot about that was it. it. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, so, that, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's a disorder, mm-hmm. isn't it? Was blood. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh, so patients no. in rural areas, guys, I feel your pain. I feel your pain and your struggle. Honestly, I do. I do. This is this is. It's quite. It's a revelation. It's yeah. eye opening, but in a really sad way. Yeah. Like you read about this stuff and you're like, okay, yeah. cool, but is it really that bad? And then you just broken it down for us. Like Worse. The things that you hear, or yeah, the things that I've even experienced myself now, it's like, did that really happen? Did that happen? Was that real life? It was, hun. It was real life. It, oh it my happened. god. Yeah. Just to yeah, follow up. Outside of your family, mm-hmm. um, like you said, your mum helps you and family, like extended family. Mm-hmm. Like, is there like a organisation or other supportive mm-hmm. services that are helping people with sickle cell, especially in London or not, within the area? That people can get involved into. Not yeah. really, yeah. to be honest with you. No. There's the Sickle Cell Society. Yeah. Um, but as far as I'm aware, they don't have that much like funding to do much no um i feel like there's more money going into sickle cell abroad like in america there's a lot more research but in terms of um in the uk there isn't that much support to be honest with you um especially when it comes to like benefits yeah all the time when you're ill you can't work no yeah um or if you can work you can't work instantly yeah so that was a point i think two or three years ago where i had to go through the whole um it's not called DLA anymore. What's it called? Personal independence. Payment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, basically DLA, disability living uh, allowance. Yeah. Um, and the process to to get any kind of help. Yeah. Is insane to me. Yeah. You have to basically be dying for them to even them take to note. Even oh, that's mad. Take note. Um, and with sickle cell, it's very inconsistent. So oh if you walk into the assessment that day. And they're like, okay, well, you, you look you fine. You look fine. Like, really, you're breathing. <laughs> yeah. You're alive. You need help. I don't think Hot so. spice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then, obviously, the assessors also don't know about illness, oh, illnesses no. like sickle cell. It's just overall, the whole it's system. It's long. It's like you, you're explaining yourself over and over exactly. and over and over. And no one's listening. And they don't believe you yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Like, I can explain till I'm blue in the face, but if you don't if you've got a bias in your head against what i'm saying it really doesn't matter so yeah i yeah it's it's a tough it's a tough one guys i'm not gonna lie to you um one thing i wanted to mention though was blood donation are we going to get into oh i'm the girl you're skipping we come into this part (laughs) yeah uh, just before we close before my part finishes i just wanted to ask another question Mm -hmm. um do you think it's up to you guys, so people with sickle cell disease, to actually empower each other and actually start support groups? Or Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think mm, maybe to some extent, um, but again, because 
we have such inconsistencies in our lives it's very yeah, hard to start to mobilize. an initiative mm. and actually do it and like see it through so i know like the town that i used to live in there are smaller um sickle cell support groups yeah but when we say support it's like okay you can go and like have a meeting once a week and speak about your problems but really it doesn't really help doesn't do anything um with anything like is okay yeah i get it you have it too but you know i still couldn't afford where do we go from here yeah i couldn't work enough hours yeah you know i still couldn't get my pain medication because they think i'm addicted to my drugs yeah do you know like these things are kind of out of our control Mm. a lot of the time and there's not many people with sickle cell in high places so there are people that are advocating for us yeah um it's just a very slow moving process and then when you have like a tory government it just makes things 10 times more and you must have sorry just uh, you must have experienced the whole transition of going from the children's services to the adult services yeah. with oh, the tory yeah. party oh, in yeah. charge what was how was that like yeah. that was horrific you know they actually had to um when i turned i think it was when you turn 16 mm. or 17, they mm. want to put you on the adult ward. They did that. That's when the overdose happened. And my mum told them to put me back on the children's ward. So I stayed on the children's wards until I was about 19. Um, and stayed with, like, paediatricians and stuff till I was older. Because the experience was just... I think once you have the title of adult, they don't care if you're a young adult or if you're a vulnerable adult. Mm. Um, there's not as much care given I can you. imagine. I can definitely... Sorry. understand that i can definitely understand that yeah there'd be less focus even exactly There's or even the patients mm. it's just the what quality of care would yeah, just be exactly it's i think there's probably more accountability mm-hmm. yeah, if you're, when a, you're child. a child mm-hmm. compared to when you're an adult yeah, yeah exactly exactly Jesus. they know they can kind of get away with more and to be honest because they're under so much pressure they want to get away with more yeah because mm. it's like they need to survive because they're human so like, exactly yeah because yeah, we're in this episode, or even in the previous episodes, we've been painting health professionals as people who, who are doing this out of their own faults. Mm. But then we have to realise that it's a system where... It's a systematic exactly. thing. Definitely. It's a system where they're just overworked mm-hmm. and exactly. they can't really cater mm-hmm. to everything. Because as much as I've dealt with these, some horrific doctors, let me tell you, and mm. some really bad nurses... Mm. There's some really amazing ones out yeah, there. Yeah, I can and imagine. And I see the pressure on them yeah. like, and the stress. Mm. I've had my haematologist that I was with for years and years and years. Um, he was actually working with um, a team on a cure for sickle cell, which is kind of rolling out now slowly yeah. throughout Europe. He passed away. He had a heart attack no. in 2016 or 17. Um, out of the blue, he had a heart attack because of the amount of stress that was put on him like he was just one person an amazing doctor and we lost him because you know they're they're only humans and they're put under so much pressure so much pressure yeah it's it's like where do you put the anger because i can't be angry at them no Mm. because it's not their fault yeah a lot of the time so yeah i know i know yeah okay you take it away now I'm so I'm so speechless. Like I, what? Okay, let me pull myself together. Okay, Uh, so Brittany, you've told us like people that have sickle cell. Like we've reiterated this for the last few weeks. Most of the people that have sickle cell, and I don't actually know how to say that the other one thalassemia. 
Okay, yeah. wow. Why were we stressed? I wasn't. Speak <laughs> this off. No, no, no. He practiced before. He was like, how do you say fella? Yeah. Don't even try that, Mohammed. I had that on lock. <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah. Like, all the time. So. Yeah. So I know with Sickle Cell, it's mainly people who are like, or African and Caribbean descent. And mm. allegedly with that, Thalassemia. Thalassemia. It's fine. Um, <laughs> that mainly affects South Asian and me- me- people of Mediterranean mm-hmm. heritage. Yeah. Um, so it's estimated in the UK that a thousand people have thalassemia, mm-hmm. see, I can say it, mm-hmm. and between thirteen to 15,000 people have sickle cell. Mm-hmm. So I know that a treatment is usually done via blood transfusion on blood, blood exchange. exchange as well. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? So First question. <laughs> a blood transfusion is they are transfusing blood into your veins. Yes. So usually it's no more than, say, three units. Like a unit is just like a bag of blood. It's okay. typically not that much blood that they give you because it's on top of the blood you already have in your body. Okay. Um, so I used to get those when I was younger, here and there, mm. not that often. Mm. Um, and then when I started to get more severely sick with the blood clots and that kind of thing, yeah. is when they were like, okay, we need to start exchanging your blood because your blood is starting to harm your body. Oh my God. So an exchange is where they literally exchange your red blood cells with a donor, a donor's red blood cells. So it's like a big machine. They can do it manually as well. Yeah. It just takes way longer. Yeah. Um, but they have a big machine. It's like a centrifuge where it like spins, sucks yeah. your blood out yeah. of your body, simply put. Um, spins it around, separates the red blood cells, chucks those out and gives you someone else's in the other end. Oh. Um, obviously, there's a lot of risks with it because it's a large amount of someone else's blood. You can develop antibodies against it. Yeah. You can reject it. Um, they're... It's a tiny percent, like I think it's one percent or less, but it's possible for there to be blood diseases in this blood. Oh, no. So that's always like a tiny risk. Yeah. You never see it happen, but yeah. you know it could here or there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's <laughs> it's what saves my life on a regular basis. Okay. Simply put. Yeah. Um, and I see the other patients in there every month and it it makes such a big difference. Blood exchanges mm. make a a big difference because yeah. essentially I live on other people's blood, blood every month. Yeah. And this is this this is why we were talking about the importance of blood, blood donations, donations and yeah. how like the implications mm-hmm. legit said have, it, yeah, she like, said she's living on other people's mm-hmm. blood guys you heard it from mm-hmm. her. Like if in I think it was two thousand sixteen, yeah. literally the week before I came back to uni, if I did not um have access to a blood exchange machine and blood yeah i would have died that day the doctors told me we need to rush her to uclh otherwise she's not going to make it um because i had this thing called acute chest syndrome it's that's another conversation yeah but um typically that's what kills people with sickle cell so when they saw i had it you know give me the blood they were just like yeah have you have you have you ever been in situations though when you've turned up for like a blood exchange and they're just like yeah sorry we don't have enough come back another day no there's been times where they have to order it in yeah that happens quite regularly because they don't just have enough there because it's a lot of blood like it's enough to fill your, your whole body i can imagine yeah so um i've had times where they had to order it in but they do always have some available that because they don't give you your exact blood type mm. um they always manage to find something type thing um, that's so mad they they don't give you exact blood type Mm-mm, no does so that I, mean you're I, oh 
your AB? I'm A positive. A positive. Oh, so you can get donations from AB. So sometimes they give me A negative. Okay. Right. Or, mm, there's another type that they give me sometimes, but they don't always, they can't, if they relied on giving you your exact blood type, they just have to give you what you won't reject. Yeah. Because mm. it's not always it's available. It's not always available. Um, Do you know that's so much? You just said that. I was just thinking, I don't even know my blood type. Yeah, it like we take stuff like I have been like for many tests and I probably have it in some of my records, but I've just never. It's a good thing to know. To know, yeah. Emergency, you can say. I'm this, yeah, but but this is what I'm trying like to show to people that we take so many things for granted. You have to know this stuff off the bat Mm -hmm. in case anything Mm -hmm. happens. How much you know your blood type? No, surprisingly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think. Like, it is. It is. It's so shameful. Like even just for your own health it's good to know that yeah because you know the time it takes to draw your blood and get that tested you could have died in that amount of time literally just knew they can it would save so much time yeah yeah um and one thing i will say is i think the reason a lot of people don't donate i was about to ask girl let me preface it let me preface it so like nhs has been doing campaigns now for a while they did one i think it 2017 the one i remember this was on twitter mm-hmm. because they were like oh we're appealing for black people to yeah, donate black are we racist let's explain why yeah they because oh, people wow. kept like tweeting like them that. like you're racist like and they were like we're not racist let's explain why we're asking for this mm-hmm. um and they were really asking because hang on sorry just reading from my notes mm-hmm. they're particular areas so i'm guessing where there's a large black population yeah. so london brum yeah. manchester and they were like yeah can you give us blood because so more, they, they were trying to get more than 40,000 people to donate just yeah. so it meets the demand yeah. of like people who actually have sickle yes. cell. Currently, it's only 1%, 1% of blood, do- of blood donors are black. Yes. And that's about 11,400 people. Yeah. Now, see, the problem is like with blood, like you said, they don't, sometimes they don't give you the same match completely. Mm-hmm. And I read somewhere that it's better if it's from someone that's the same yeah. ethnicity as you, right? Yeah. Why Why do you think we're just like, nah, white black people are just like, nope, not doing this? I think one thing is that we are a minority in the country, first of all. Yeah. So obviously, there's going to be less from Always going to be yeah, less. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. But then also, it's a big cultural um, difference. I think a lot of people, I mean, black, white, Asian, a lot of people are not affected by it yeah. at a moment in time. Um, and they don't realise the importance until they are. So let's say, let's use me as an example. Um, I don't think I'm on the organ donation list because I haven't needed an organ. So I don't think about Those kind of things, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas there's people out there that desperately need it. So me now, who desperately needs blood, is at the forefront of my mind. Um, I have friends that until I tell them, yeah, I have sickle cell, I rely on blood, da-da-da, that's when they think, oh, actually... I'm healthy. I can give blood, and yeah. they go and give blood. Yeah. Um. I don't think is that people don't want to. I just More think or less awareness. Yeah. They aware, just don't know. They yeah. They don't realize how important it, it is, is and yeah. how it's not like an unlimited supply of blood out there. It's not like you need to donate for mm. it to exist. Really. Mm. Um. I feel. Can you repeat your question? Because I feel like there's something that I missed. I just say like, why do you think black people don't donate? Yeah, like, and then culturally. I don't know. I was listening to a different podcast. Mm-hmm. I won't name the name. Yes. I mean, you can um, shout them out if you want. We, we love a good chat. I don't remember the name, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they were saying how... Um, they were just, like, talking about how 
black people don't donate. Yeah. And um, one of the guys was saying that, you know, if he needed blood, he would rather he didn't get um, a transfusion because of his, like, religious beliefs. I think he was Jehovah's Witness. Witness. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a couple other religions that don't agree with that either. Yeah. But I, I don't fully understand that. He also said that if his child needed blood and or they were going to die, he wouldn't give allow the child to have um, a blood transfusion. So I don't, I'm not going to speak on it because I don't really understand. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't really agree with it. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it is religious. And then sometimes, sometimes people are just ignorant Yeah. Uh, and choose to be ignorant. Mm. And again, because it doesn't affect them, they just think like, I'm oh, not giving cool. someone else why my blood. Why would I do that? Yeah. I'm not giving someone, why would I give but someone else my blood? But can I ask, what if it's like, so if you look throughout in medicine, there is just a general di- distrust, especially from the black community. Because yes, there's exactly. so many instances like yes. in medicine where like yes. black people, their bodies have just been used and abused. Yeah, so exactly. do you I think... think that is, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. I didn't think of that. That is 100% part of the reason as well. A lot of people, black people don't trust white people with their bodies a lot of the time. Rightly so, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, look at the history guys exactly. yeah and um someone mentioned as well like if i want to be a black person donating my blood i want it to go to a black person yeah. and i can't guarantee that so it's i gonna... just rather not although that is flawed like logic it is yeah <laughs> I, I can understand why. why you would think like that so a lot of it is yeah to do with do you think it's i think it's it may be even simpler mm-hmm. like like the whole process of actually Getting going your to get blood. Going to the hospital. I was about to get an appointment. Yes, yeah. I've definitely um, met people. Like I think one of my friends' mums, bless her, she hadn't gone, not because she didn't want to, but she was just scared mm. um, of needles and like them. She didn't really understand the fact that you know you produce quite a lot of blood as a healthy person. So taking a unit or two of blood from you is not going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> auntie really thought okay it was really going to damage her health if she did so i explained to her it right, would not and right. i think she's gone to give blood since yeah, yeah okay thank god yeah but yeah a lot of the time it's fear like glad you mentioned that yeah. too like see what i find really dumb is sometimes there's so many unnecessary like uh uh barriers to giving blood mm. like um for a while i, I might be wrong people with mental health illnesses couldn't yeah. give blood and mm-hmm. it was just like yeah or with certain sexual preferences yeah which that's a whole nother yeah kind of and one, it's just like okay yes what yeah. this is highly problematic yeah. especially like if they're not taking any sort of medications that mm-hmm. impact exactly impact their blood yeah i agree i agree with you because if someone is out there that really needs that there's someone that's willing sure. to give it exactly like not... what's the yeah so there's yeah yeah it it could be a lot more simple but i must say it is getting simpler we um, hope yeah and if you are a quote-unquote healthy person you can just go onto the website book an appointment and go and they'll test your blood first i think yeah obviously and then you can book an appointment to actually and can you do blood. it at any hospital or I don't, it, or is it specific online hospitals. i think you can put in your postcode and they'll tell you where the closest one is and you can book an appointment there um and yeah it's painless it doesn't hurt i promise yeah uh it doesn't take that long um but the benefit is great yeah compared to like what you have to put in to do it it's it's a a massive benefit i'm gonna ask you two more Mm -hmm. questions then we're done the first one is like how 
how do you think we can readdress this? Like, how can, first of all, how can we change people's attitudes to sickle cell just generally? And then, like, within that, like, to actually go donate blood, mm. show up for the I for think people. a lot of it is media. Mm. I think that's with, like, a lot of things that you need to raise awareness about is, like, putting it in TV shows. Yeah. I think there was a show, something like, something The Midwife. Call the midwife? Maybe. I think that's what it was called. There's an I've episode. never watched it, but... <laughs> I heard there was an episode with Sickle Cell and I watched that yeah. and it was quite... It was sad. Yeah. Um, but it, like, showed it in a TV episode and it made it more, like, personal. Normalising yeah. Exactly. yeah, it normalised like, it, yeah. I watched it and I was like, okay, if I didn't have Sickle Cell, I would feel sorry for people with Sickle Cell after episode, watching yeah. this. So things like putting it in TV shows... Um, like people being more open talking to myself here more open about the fact that they have it yeah, self at <laughs> mention self yeah um, yeah there's a lot of um people that i know even that have sickle cell and i didn't know until like way wow. down the line there's yeah. kings um at a university that has sickle cell that i didn't find out until a while yeah. them. so i think taking the, the step to be a bit more brave mm. and just like letting people know just being open about it and kind of normalizing it like yeah i have sickle cell um especially on social media when people yeah. like see something mentioned yeah. they kind of like get used to yeah. the idea that's literally it. how we got the idea to do like a series on this because there was a campaign earlier on this year where like a bunch of black um young black people mm-hmm. got together and were like yeah basically yes, saw you that. saw that right I saw that was amazing really that was really so good amazing. and I, and I was like to Mohammed like well bro I didn't realize the extent of yeah yeah because you can't blame people if they don't know do you like know I mean? knew about like, sickle cell because someone else yeah might, you know someone mm-hmm. who knows someone exactly it's never direct but in it's that sense. never yeah. so direct in that wow this yeah. is in your face now yeah yeah so like speaking about it on social media speaking about it in person with people when you can just keeping it at the front of people's minds is one thing um in terms of you said encouraging people to yeah more, that's a hard one to be honest it's quite like, hard it isn't it i think um if influencers could use platforms <laughs> insta babes you know, could you adding know, you <laughs> <laughs> or like celebrities people with platforms um i know some do but not enough do not enough do yeah if, uh, the, you know like the large majority of those kinds of people stepped up and spoke about it i definitely again, agree with that because oh, for some people information is uh the point of contact for information is through social media yeah, through 100%, music 100%, through yeah, arts yeah, yeah. through so if you were to hear say someone like stormzy talk about sickle cell he exactly if you if you had him talk about sickle cell yeah. more people yes. will be aware more people would come out stormzy talk about sickle cell at stormzy <laughs> i mean he does a lot of great work so he does he, he does big him up yeah yeah but, but a lot of young black people respect him yeah. um so for him to speak about it would be massive I already do see more young black people donating than but like there's already Before, a big difference. Yeah. So I think just going in the direction that we're already going, um, people that have a platform or a voice use it because you never know, you might need the blood or a loved That's one so may true. need the blood That's at so some true. point yeah. and you'll regret not speaking about it when you had the chance to. 100%. So just being more open yeah. and yeah, that's Keep- really all we can do. Do you have any parting for anything you want to say? I'm giving the floor to you now. Um, is this just in general or about sickle about cell? sickle cell, Brittany? About sickle not about your life. About sickle cell, I would say to those that know someone with sickle cell, mm. 
be more understanding mm-hmm. um, if you're not already, yeah. because it is a very difficult illness to to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people still also look normal a lot of the time, yeah. which is kind of a blessing and a curse. Yeah. But a lot of the time, they could be an excruciating pain, and you'll never know. So you know, check up on those people that you do know that have it. If someone cancels plans with you, or you know, they can't do something, just be... Get it. More receptive. Just, yeah. you know what just I mean? get just it, man. Just be empathetic. Yeah. Just, you know, just Fuck. let it go. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is what it is. Yeah. They deal with enough as it is. Just be as kind as you can, just yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, and then, if this is, like, your first time, for some reason, hearing about it, I would, you know, do some research. Yeah. Um, it's quite a bit online, guys. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of information. Um, and if you're a healthy, red-blooded human being... <laughs> Please give blood. Yes, donate. guys, donate blood. Just We're going to put links and charities you can support. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just like knowledge up, innit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to shout out Brittany. I'm, I'm not Mohammed. Do you want to? Brittany's a makeup yeah. artist, guys. Slip weave, okay? <laughs> <laughs> if you would like your face beat. And I'm, I'm poor, okay? I'm yes. sick. Help me. I'm <laughs> yeah, wow, you're really playing that card, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Pity me, but yeah, no, honestly, we just want to thank Brittany for coming so through much. and actually giving us so, so much, much insight. Yeah. And um, even though me. she didn't have to, but she gave us such so through, much yeah. content oh. and so much to talk about. And um, we just want to thank you. <laughs> Wait until we finish, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're gonna link her Instagram, um, make up pages, the, yeah, after the episode, mm-hmm. and um, next week. We're going to talk about... More about the dra- blood. blood donations. Blood donate, mm-hmm. blood okay. transfusion and, and exchanges. Okay. I learned I'll, something I'll new today. We sometimes hang, sorry, we sometimes get questions from mm-hmm. people. So like, I'm yeah. hoping a lot more people will question what oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Start, yeah. Okay. We'll direct them to your Instagram. 100%. Okay, yeah. I, I talk a lot. That's fine. We all talk. <laughs> I talk a bit too much, to be honest it's with fine. you. So if you want to hear, you know, someone ramble about stupidity from time to time, me me. Give me <laughs> but yeah, yeah thank you so much Brit thank, thank you, you. No thank you for talking Brittany. about it okay thank you hon thank you